Hello, everyone. Welcome to 50% with Marcel Combs. This month, we bring to you a series focused on women in leadership with their personal journey with breast cancer. Please listen and learn from Marcel and her guests with their very own stories and the path they choose to wellness. And now just a word from our sponsor. And now back to our show. Hello, Deantha. <laughs> hey, Marcel. How are you doing today? Well, I, I'm doing pretty good. I think you and I both have people around us who have tested <laughs> positive for COVID. So, I, I, you know, so far. How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling, you know, every day I think, do I not feel good? <laughs> I've had, you know, for like a little sinus in the mornings. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, but that's really kind of been since, I don't know, the last month. Um, I, yeah, I know, Marcel, you, you burn the candle at both ends. You know, she kind of had some good advice for you. You know, I yap at you about that, my friend. Well, the sleeping part of the eating. Well, the sleeping, all the <laughs> probably probably the part. sleeping. You do pretty good on the eating. Fingers crossed, we've done all the right things, and I have all my windows up. I'm ten feet from my patient, and you know that's what we're doing. So <laughs> we'll we'll get through it. Today we have a delightful young woman who has been through a crazy experience. Jill Rowe. She was great. She was just a joy, really, Marcel. At just 39 years old, was diagnosed with breast cancer while she was pregnant. Gosh, so young and, and pregnant also. I mean, just what a journey. She's very much on the wellness, our holistic side, but she's also is the owner uh, or co-owner of Ro Casa organics and she experienced western type medicine and mm -hmm. so uh, from her viewpoint there's a real place for both it actually my own personal opinion is there's a place for both in this world too she's a real advocate for wellness as we should all be but it is so true you know you think of someone marcel that doesn't have a good advocate or someone that is in healthcare that can help them think through their own decisions. Cause think about what all she was told. I mean, that's frightening. Yes, so. for sure. Okay. Well that then let's go to hear Jill. Let's hear. Well, welcome Jill to 50% with Marcel Combs. I appreciate you taking the time to visit with us today and we're having a special uh, series just for the month of October on breast cancer. And I know you're a young, beautiful woman uh, who has done their own business and in the midst of all this had breast cancer. And we can't, as much as that's a difficult journey, it's, I know you'll help other women by just walking through this and, and telling us about your story. Yes, I hope so. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, let's just get started by say, by telling us, um, you know, you can tell us about your business or your journey in business, and, and then um, we'll get into the whole breast cancer. 
Okay. Um, I would say this journey of health started for me um, around four to five years ago. I um, was actually a speech therapist assistant um, for 15 years and was doing that and realized that I was just tired of kind of being sick. I never really had anything major, but it was just annoying sinus infections or urinary tract infections, or it seemed like I always had a kid that was sick. And I started to kind of start looking around, like there's got to be something out here that can help me. And I landed on elderberry syrup and uh, was determined to just make it myself. Um, when I went to shop at my local health food store, I didn't really love, you know, what was in the ingredients. And I knew enough back then to, to kind of decode those, those ingredients. So I ordered all the ingredients and it sat on my kitchen table for months. But I finally remembered to go back and start making it. And um, when I did and I started taking it, um, I got, I, I felt a lot, lot better. My kids stopped getting sick. I stopped getting sinus infections. I was like, wow, if this one thing can do this, okay, maybe I'm onto something. Now, I still did many wrong things when it comes to health. This was just the very, very beginning of me starting to play with some, some things and kind of waking up to the fact that there might be a better way, but still had so much to learn. Um, but that quickly became a business as I began to tell people in my community about what I had, I guess, discovered. I was really excited about it, really excited about how it had changed my family's life. And, um, People wanted to jump in and, and buy some from me. So I started making big pots after work. Me and my husband would would have, you know, turn on some music and dance around the kitchen and make elderberry. That was kind of our side gig. So um, it grew super fast. Um, but, um, and so my brother-in-law and sister from Dallas, they joined in as part owners and we began to run a health a health and wellness business and it was unexpected but it's been such a blessing to be able to walk this journey with so many other individuals that were interested in getting healthier um and that was probably around 2000 i'm gonna say 18 you know it kind of was in my home and then it became a business so there was a, a you know kind of transition period there but um in 2020, my husband and I found out that I was pregnant with our last child um, in January, and we were really excited about that. Uh, I was older, so I, I still, you know, was still trying to figure this thing out. But, um, but in so it was. Let's see, in it was a July. I found a large lump in my breast, and of course, I just wrote it off, you know, thinking I'm pregnant, you know, boobs do weird things and um, had it checked out just to be safe. And it, through a series of testing, you know, came back and it was breast cancer. So I was, you know, around six, seven months pregnant. And then I get this cancer diagnosis and, um, and I live in a smaller town. So the knowledge that I guess is surrounds cancer was, is very little, I was given a lot of misinformation. Um, the first round of testing, I actually missed it. And then I went back for a second opinion and was able to find it. Um, I, I had a four inch tumor that developed literally overnight. Um, so it was just kind of a bizarre situation. Um, but from there, I had to figure out, you know, how to get my daughter Sage here. She's now two. Um, 
And so she was born in September. And then in November, I went in and had surgery. So um, it was then that I was declared cancer free. There's a lot more to that story, but that's kind of the short version. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So you went to, I mean, that's pretty remarkable um, that you noticed this and then you noticed it yourself then with self-exam. Mm-hmm. Goodness. Well, uh, uh, it was actually, I had worn a bathing suit that squeezed in that area of the breast and I thought I had just damaged some milk ducts. Um, it was literally the way it showed up was overnight. It was nothing like what you hear cancer to be for me. So yeah. mine was a very unique case. A lot of times you don't feel pain with cancer from what I've read. Um, a lot of times it, it's been there forever, you know, and you're just now when yeah. once you feel a tumor, it had been there for a while. Uh, for yeah. me, I, I, it showed up completely in pain. Um, hmm. So I never dreamed it was going to be cancer. Um, thankfully, it was DCIS. So, you know, okay. it was a very unique, different kind of case for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you were running this business and you're pregnant and you mentioned you had other children. Mm-hmm. So you, you have <laughs> yeah. uh, all of this going on all at once. Um, you know, I mean, how did you handle that? Um, you know, at first I cried a lot. I questioned God, (laughs) like, how am I going to, I mean, you put this health practice in my lap to run. How am I going to do this and give birth to another baby and tend to my older children? It felt very overwhelming. And honestly, my husband was such good support, my family, and obviously my relationship with the Lord is what carried me through that time Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, so many ways I could testify to that. So, so after you received the diagnosis, so you said at first you were misdiagnosed. Yes. So when I, of course, when you're pregnant, they are really hesitant to do any more testing than they have to do. And so um, we started with an ultrasound and um, it, they just reported back that it was pregnancy related tissue and was nothing to worry about. But it just wasn't going away. It was really hard and painful. And I just was like, let's, you know, I kind of went back to my doctor and was like, so does this go away? What is this? If it's not cancer, what is this? <laughs> and so he said, well, let's go to the, the neighborhood, you know, the next door hospital and, and get a second opinion. And so they did the ultrasound and felt like it warranted a, mammog- a mammogram. And um uh, mm-hmm. And so it was, it was then that the mammogram actually was able to tell us what was going on. So then we had it biopsied to be sure. Um, and that was when we knew it was um, DCIS. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, had you had any problem before then? I mean, of course, you were too young for them. Did you have family history? Right. I did not have any family history. Um, I did the testing for the gene. I did not have any kind of gene, uh, gene, whatever it's called. You know, if you have the gene for breast cancer, they like to check that now. I didn't have that. Um, so there was really no history, no gene that caused it. Um, yeah. So I, um, 
I really believe it had a lot to do with some of my, um, my health or like their <laughs> practices. <laughs> I had a lot of things still to change, you know, running a health company that encourages people to change their products out is a big deal. I mean, that is probably in my opinion, preventing cancer, changing your products out and, and getting rid of the toxins is, is probably, I would say about a third of the battle. Um, mm-hmm. but that was about the extent of my health and wellness journey at that time in my life. i um, still did a lot of things wrong. And now I know I'm, without getting that diagnosis, I would probably never have gone and learned all the things that I've learned in the last two years. Um, it really put me on the fast track to learning what true health and wellness looks like. I don't still think I knew two years ago and had a lot to learn. Tell us a little bit more about that, about what you have changed since you've had the diagnosis for you personally. Oh, well, there's a lot. I um, Anytime you hear the word cancer and you have a desire to want to live, you tend to take drastic measures. And I did just that. I believe as I prayed about my journey that this was going to be a part of the journey that taught me some things. If, if I was going to lead people in health and wellness, there were some things I needed to learn and, and grab hold of um, for myself if I was going to be able to teach those to other people. And um, I think the Lord really used that in my life to develop some really good things and good habits. So um, a, a, a big thing um, is just changing the way I would eat. Um, I was really good at, like I said, switching my products because obviously I was creating everything I could to make my home cleaner. So my cleaning products had switched. Um, I didn't use false fragrances in my home. Um, I used clean body care, personal care products. Um, but that was, like I said, probably about a third of the battle. What I needed to personally work on was uh, my eating habits for sure. Now, I, it was, it, before it was Pop-Tarts and Dr. Peppers because, hey, elderberry had saved me. I quit getting sick. So I was like, who needs to eat healthy, right? So that was not, not good, not good. Uh, Pop-Tarts and Dr. Peppers could not carry me the rest of the way. So there were a lot of really poor eating habits that I had developed. I didn't know anything about health growing up and even in my young adult life. So those carried over into, into, you know, three or four years ago. Still carrying some of those habits. And so, um, and those were daily habits. You know, I'm not saying you can't, you know, splurge every now and then, but I was doing these things daily, just toxifying yeah. my body with my food. And now I know that food is medicine. And so now it's a drastic change. I juice a fresh, fresh, cold, uh, cold pressed juices from fruits and vegetables. I um, just try to overload on God's plants. I do, I eat less meat. Um, when I was fighting cancer, I cut out meat, dairy, uh, obviously gluten, um, any offenders I just cut out. And it, it was all about fruits and vegetables, a lot more vegetables than fruit, you know, because of the sugar. Um, really made drastic changes with my diet. But not just that, I had to learn a lot about emotional health. And, and still, this is something I'm digging deep into right now is emotional health, healing from trauma, 
um, the way the body hangs on to some of that stuff emotionally that I think that gets overlooked a lot. We're really good at, Oh, we got to not do the toxin stuff. We've got to eat better. But a lot of people overlook, and I know that I was overlooking my stress management, my emotional well-being, my sleep, you know, all of the things that tend to go by the wayside, you know, especially when you're running a business and it doesn't seem to slow down ever. <laughs> it, it was a wake-up call for me. So um, I tried to then begin to look at not just a third of the puzzle, but the whole puzzle, mind, body, soul, spirit, you know all the things in my opinion work together and I needed to pay attention to all the areas and make lots of changes. So it was pretty drastic. <laughs> so what does your daily life look like these days, Jill? Well, thankfully I get to run a business from home. Um, so yeah. I, I am obviously not always, I'm at my office a lot, but, um, I can pretty much run my schedule. So a, a typical day for me looks like I supplement pretty heavily. So I work with a naturopath doctor who runs my labs, my hormones, my um, uh, just all the things that will help me know what my body's lacking. So I supplement, I get up, I supplement, I drink a vitamin drink that I, I just throw some stuff in. I mean, it changes. So there, you know, nothing set in stone, but usually some electrolytes, some, um, fruits and vegetables, powders that I can mix into that. Like I said, I'm just trying to overdose on nutrition. Um, so that's how I start my day. I start my day reading my Bible and spending time with the Lord. Um, and then I make sure to try at least four days a week to exercise, to move my body. Um, and so that has, um, has been a huge part of my stress management and just, you know, keeping my body healthy. So it, I will work out. And then um, from there, I move on and start working on probably all the real cost of things, you know, once the kids are in school and everything's good there. Um, and then I spend time with family in the evenings. Um, I usually try to eat a really healthy dinner and I drink green tea every single night decaffeinated. Um, and I try to get seven to eight hours of sleep. So that is what, right now, I'm, working on, I'm a night owl. So right now, my struggle is making myself go to bed before midnight and go to bed between oh. 10 and 11. That is my goal right now. And get up earlier. Yeah. And I, my husband's really good about taking the morning shift because he naturally wakes up early. And I do not, um, but that's kind of what my days look like. There, there are some things you just can't get beyond. I, I relate. It's the sleep thing for me. I... I just never have slept well. And then you add to that just all the things that are going on in your life. So you were part, um, as a speech therapy assistant, you'd kind of worked in healthcare, not kind of, you had worked in healthcare uh, for long periods of time. What, what it, is your opinion different of the healthcare system now that you've been a full-on partaker of that system than it was before? And how has it that changed? It absolutely is. Um, my, and I guess this part got left out. I forgot this part, but um, once I knew what I had, I got several opinions and um, DCIS is a little bit different than your normal invasive ductal carcinoma that, you know, or local, you know, ductal or 
level. I can't remember what it's called, but it's the, anyway, <laughs> the other, the kinds that everybody else seems to have. Um, invasive. It's the, yeah, if it's invasive. invasive. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah. um, lobular invasive, maybe, I don't know. But, um, yeah. had I gone with just conventional cookie cutter treatment, I would have been thrown into 16 rounds of chemo and DCIS does not respond to chemo, come to find out. My DCIS was microinvasive, meaning um, DCIS is contained in the milk ducts. It's usually, some people don't even consider it true blue cancer because it's so early stage, um, but it can bust out of the milk duct just a little bit. And so mine was microinvasive. Mine was probably looking a little different probably because they all think because I was pregnant that your hormones are crazy everything's kind of crazy in your body and so but mine was microinvasive so conventional medicine wanted to tag me with just invasive invasive ductal carcinoma whereas um it it was DCIS it had just become microinvasive there's a big difference and so had I just gone the conventional route I would have gone through a pointless 16 rounds of chemo and thankfully, I knew of a doctor that was an integrative doctor who had worked as a conventional um, medical doctor for 30 years and gotten out of it and went because he knew there were other ways to treat cancer outside of the cookie cutter chemo surgery radiation, which is what pretty much they're going to prescribe for every cancer patient. And um, he brought some things to my attention that I could do and then led me to um, a breast center, which a friend of mine actually led me to the breast center who had an integrative, um, I'm sorry, not an integrative, but a um, surgical oncologist who was able to tell me more about my DCIS. And um, honestly, usually with DCIS, you only need to do surgery to remove it. And then for, in my opinion, change your lifestyle. <laughs> if your body was, you know, making cancer, you probably need to make a few changes. So, um, but he, you know, my opinion has changed because had I only listened to convince, if I need surgery, I want Western medicine. Give me all the Western medicine. They are, I had some of the best surgeons and there is definitely a place for um, conventional, you know, medical doctors. Um, but if I want to be well, I don't want Western medicine. I do not believe that Western medicine is there to keep you well. I think they can, um, you know, help solve some problems in the immediate, but that you also, you know, I read a, a quote today, you know, if you take medicine, you have to not only heal from the disease, you have to heal from taking the medicine. So you have to heal twice. So my, my opinion has, I think what I encourage people to do is to stop depending on conventional medicine, Western medicine to keep you well. I, I love and admire those brilliant doctors out there, like the ones who did my surgery. Um, they are brilliant and, and admire, admirable, but I don't believe we, I think we have as a society become too dependent on Western medicine to keep us well versus just doing the things we need to do to um, be healthy. And holistic and my naturopath doctors helped me with that. So I think we need to come back to maybe a combination of the two versus just throwing out all personal responsibility and expecting Western medicine to save our lives. You know, the, the truth is, in my opinion, which is, you know, I, I am a nurse, but I, I'm certainly not a researcher. Um, 
is that Western medicine was meant to treat illnesses yeah. and has truly, I mean, from mortality rates to, you know, live birth to lots of things um, been very successful. But I agree with you. If we're, we're saying, how are we going to prevent getting sick in the first place? Then that's, that's the space we all should live in a lot better than we do. Uh, yeah. Needless to say. Um, a doctor friend who, who talks a lot about that. And he says, you know, I'll people come in and it's not just me. It's not just me not being able to keep them well. They don't want to be well. They, you know, I tell them to go change their diet. They don't want to change their diet. You know, so it's not always <laughs> the nurses and doctors' fault. It's the, it's um, I went, I went to the state fair on Sunday. Let me just say, um, <laughs> That's my, my, my family goes to the state fair every year, the Texas state fair in Dallas, uh, every year to basically eat our way across it. I right. never, I would <laughs> never have a corny dog or corn dog anywhere. Right. I, I would never choose it. I would never eat it at home. Right. But when I go to the state fair, that's the first the course. So I would not say that that corn dog, it is very good at the state fair. Right. Um, and so a splurge, that's a very, a very, if you, if you want to go that route, uh, it's a good yeah. thing. But I, so I can't really it. talk today. Can't talk about healthy, um, right. healthy, healthy eating. eating. No, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I need I a few days to detox. Right. I feel that. I, and I splurge. I do. I splurge. And, uh, you know, I don't have active cancer either. But, you know, when um, I always tell people it's your daily routine. You're, you're going to yeah. you're going to live your life. If you want to have a corn right. dog once a year, have a corn dog. That's not going <laughs> to kill you. Think about what you're doing on a daily basis and change that, you know, and then don't beat yourself up if you splurge. We all do. So that's how I feel about it. So you, you said at, when you were first diagnosed, you got a lot of opinions. Uh, did a lot of those come from other women? I, I said breast cancer is a little bit like being pregnant for the first time. Everyone has a story. Um, and they all feel very free to share it with you. Now, fortunately or unfortunately, I have a good friend who had walked this journey, and I, too, at DCIS, and I too chose oh, the surgical route. Um, so as did my friend. Um, and so, you know, that made it easier for me having wa watched her, but people wow. have all kinds of crazy things to say to you. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. But did you have a lot of that? You do. All of a sudden, you're part of a group you never wanted to be in. <laughs> you know, you're getting <laughs> no pink blankets. You're, 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 you know, it's, it's the wildest thing. And I honestly, uh, I so appreciated everyone's, you know, intentions. They were so sweet. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't know if I'm like everyone else or different than everyone else, but I didn't want cancer to define me. I didn't want to be part of this group. I wanted to get my lessons learned and move on, you know, like, okay, what can yeah. I learn from this? How can I change for the better? And then let's be done. You know, I just uh, don't really love 
it defining, you know, a lot of women, it just defines you. And I don't, I don't want that. And I think a lot of times people will share that because that's, that's kind of their story. And I understand that, but you know, sometimes, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a, it's a sweet gesture when people are sharing. Uh, but it, it tends sometimes when people want to share with you, they want to share you the doom and gloom stories. You're like, I really don't want to hear that. <laughs> No, no, just join any of those Facebook groups um, and every possible horrid story out there. In fact, I only could watch them because, I mean, truly, um, I chose, well, I chose complete mastectomy and I chose, because I had had years and years of issues on and off, too many biopsies, too many times I was like, and, and fortunately for me, my... My personal journey is that they found an area in the other breast that they had not picked up on yeah, mammogram. Exactly. So, yeah. um, but I, I also uh, I also did the deep procedure and and made the I guess good and bad decision to find to sign up with the Facebook group because every picture imaginable uh, it is a closed group and you have to unfortunately qualified to get into it but it's it's an interesting journey as you look at this when you when you look at you what you've gone through what's been the most what surprised you that you didn't expect to to feel or happen actually having breast cancer was probably my biggest fear I just I had seen friends go through it I saw people lose their hair and my hair is my thing (laughs) and I just (laughs) it's beautiful Thank you. I was more scared of the treatments than I probably was the cancer, let's be honest. Um, But looking back, I continually say, um, I think the most surprising yet, the the part I'm most thankful for is that the Lord took something so scary and took, I, I I had to walk through my worst fear and he made so much good come from it and taught me so many life lessons that I feel like are so valuable to um, our American society that I I have to look back and thank him for it. And I think that's the part that surprises me the most. Yet I I know he's a good God, but he carried me through a time that I didn't think I would survive. And um, I guess you don't know till you know, you know, you just... And it builds your faith when you go through things like that. But yeah, I, don't, I had never really been through something quite so serious and, and sad. So seeing mm-hmm. him carry me through that and not just carry me through, teach me so many truths and, and uh, work on my character and my family. Uh, just seeing all the good that came from that time in my life. It's been pretty amazing and surprising. <laughs> you don't really know that when you're walking into your dark, Marcus Valley that he has a you know a lot at the end of the tunnel and uh, mm-hmm. definitely brings hope. When you look at this just your personal experience with breast cancer uh, what do you wish all women knew? What what gift would you give to them or what do you wish that they would know on this side of it? Uh one of there's many things but one of the things that stands out to me is that when i got my diagnosis the, i knew very little about how they diagnose cancer and check 
you know, how aggressive is it? How, what was that process like? If I could tell women anything about that process is that the first two things they checked was uh, hormones. Was it hormone fed? And they checked my inflam inflammatory markers. So right then and there, I knew that my hormones had something to do with my diagnosis. And I knew that inflammation had something to do with my diagnosis. And I realized along my journey, those are two huge components in women's health. If we can maintain balanced hormones and if we can control inflammation, it drastically improves our chances of hearing the word cancer. I really believe that. I wish more women knew that, how important those two things are. If you could change anything about this journey that happened to you, I mean, it happened through you and to you and around you, because your family also experienced that, what, what would that be? Well, I would just wish it wouldn't happen, really. <laughs> Even though I can see all the good, I still didn't enjoy it. No, um, I, man. Me either. It's hard, to, it's hard to say when God takes those ashes and makes something so beautiful. And I'm on the other side now getting to see that beauty of what he was molding together during that time. It's hard for me to say that I would change anything because I believe it all happened. I think the one thing I would change is how scared I was in the beginning. I wish that I was devastated and sobbed <laughs> and I, um, for a moment lost a lot of hope in my life and wish that I had not. I wish that I had had more faith and, and trusted the Lord more in the beginning um, than I probably did. You had a newborn when you went through surgery, right? What was your... What was your support system like? You had a newborn and then you have two other older children, did you say? So I do. We're a blended family. So I have two older ones, 19 and 16. They were a senior in high school and a freshman in high school at the time. Goodness. And then my bonus yeah. son is nine. He was seven at the time. And so, yes. Uh, and then obviously I had Sage, our child, together. Um at uh in september and then in november went in for the major 10 hour double mastectomy using my own tissue to reconstruct so they used my abdomen yeah. like much like you to reconstruct the yes so it was a very long surgery so my support system was amazing amazing i could not have done it without both of our mothers thankfully they're both still here with us and and took over with the baby while I was gone. So Kevin, my husband could go with me and help me recover. My sister who actually helps me run Rocasa, uh, came in to help so much. And she shared so many, she's the cook and the healthy eater. So she was able to give me a lot of that from the get go, knowing that I needed to change some things. And yeah, uh, they were just wonderful. Um, my staff, uh, just extended family and, cousins they just were there for me encouraging me every step of the way um and they had a huge part in me you know keeping going some days when I didn't know if I could it was hard yeah that's a lot to do just to have breast cancer is one thing but to have breast cancer and a newborn and three other children and and a business that you actually started your business in 2017 right right i mean that's that's a whole lot jill in a yeah, very short 
Period of time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, man, I know. I mean, I, I go back and think through it. I'm like, I don't know that I've even processed because you're just in survival mode for a while when you're going through something, <laughs> something like that. You're just one day at a time, you know, you don't have time to process all the things. But uh, we just, we did, we just took it one day at a time. And uh, my kids were very gracious and they're very independent. So I was thankful for that. They, um, they weathered it really well. Um, where they were some of my biggest encouragers, my my customers. I know in, in our group, they were having a prayer chain going the whole day. I was having surgery, and that meant the world to me. It just, you know, it's things like that that keep you going. I mean, that was a hard, hard time, but I had the support of family, and uh, you know, my sweet baby Sage. She was just one of the biggest reasons for me to keep going, you know, it's like God just dropped this perfect little gift in my hands and said, here's another why for you, you know? And, uh, Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm grateful. It was very hard and still a lot to process, but, um, God is good. And when you can say that after something like that, you know, he's good. (laughs) Well, and this was 2020, right? The fall of 2020. Yeah. So we're doing everything masked. I could sometimes I had to go in for scans without anybody with me. It was very yeah. <laughs> okay, God. They drop you off at the curb, right? That's right. <laughs> exactly. It was awful. Oh, <laughs> yes. It it's been a really interesting time. Uh, mm-hmm. in fact, most of the women that I've interviewed have have had surgery or done treatment during that period of time. So it's, it's a different experience, hence why I'm asking the question of how, how has your um, opinion of the healthcare system changed? But not only that, um, do you think that you received the kind of care you would want to give to other people through this process from especially your, if you will, Western medicine um, experience um dealing with some people in the western medicine world made my life a lot harder i know (laughs) when my doctor who found the cancer called it was like oh you're just gonna have to go flat and you're gonna have to keep i mean he just went ahead and told me what my cure was and it acted like i was never gonna have boobs again It, it was just a really bizarre and then he oh. wanted to also make me believe that he felt like I probably had cancer head to toe. He was very clear about that. Just with no. Oh, wow. scared the mess out of me. Um, I also had another conventional doctor who laughed in my face because I had done thermography, which actually I look back at my thermography. It showed inflammation in the very area that my tumor came up. And that was a year before I got diagnosed. I just, I didn't know really how to read it and have what to do with it. But thermography is pretty new at that point, but it actually worked. It showed inflammation in that area where my tumor actually showed Mm -hmm. up, but she laughed in my face without even meeting me. She walked in the room and like, why on earth did you do that stupid test? (laughs) So gave me a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Now fast forward to my to my surgery, they were amazing. So I think it just depends on where you go. Um, and they were obviously medical doctors, surgeons, um, nurses who took care of me. The care was wonderful. The people were kind. I think you just have to find the right place. And um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, just you're going to find all kinds out there. And that's it with anything. Well, it makes you, um, I know you don't directly work in that anymore, but it's certainly, I mean, you certainly work to help people stay well. Um, so it makes you stop and think, and always with me, makes me stop and think about what my voice is, what my tone is, how I handle people. Um, there are a lot of choices when it comes, even within Western medicine, they offer up for you a lot of choices. And so in, in those, I think people need a lot of support to try to make those choices based on statistics. So what I always say, you know, even if they say you have a 98, 99% survival rate, if it's at something falls in that other percentage, so you as a person have to approach it and decide what you think is the best option. Because in the end, you know, you have to you have to trust in the fact that you've followed the right path. Um, what what resources have been helpful to you? What books or I always love to kind of end with this question to tell me what books are you reading? What books have helped you? And so I, I feel that, you know, you've probably done a lot and you probably have some you can recommend for the audience. The most life-changing resource that I used during that time was, oh, I have two. Um, Cause I can, I can name her now because she actually is helping cancer. Patients. She was just a friend at that time, but she coached me through her name is Stephanie Fletcher. She now coaches cancer patients and uh, walked me through, helped me get organized, you know, helped me just through the process, connected me with some baller, you know, surgeons, things like that. So I, I, she was my angel. I called her my angel during that time. Uh, <laughs> and then she also, actually, she's the one who told me about Chris Feet Cancer, which is my, just, I tell everybody, the first thing, if you hear the words cancer, go get his book. And what he does is, um, give people hope that if your body can create this, your body can get rid of this, you know, but you're going to have to give your body what it needs. And he teaches you all the different things. He goes like through everything I've learned, it was everything in that book. It's your diet, your emotional health, you know, uh, your mentality, you know, a lot. I mean, there's a lot of science coming out now about the, the thoughts we think, and healing our body at the same time and how they're very intertwined. And so he goes through all of that, um, tells his story. He, I think he had stage three colon cancer and did have surgery, but chose to opt out of the chemo and radiation and heal his body naturally. And I think he's what, 25 years out now, cancer free. And they told him he was crazy and, and he would die. And so, tell me, Tell me the name of the book again. It's called Chris Beat Cancer. And Chris Beat Christian, Cancer. Chris Beat Cancer. He's a Christian author. He's done, he has studied societies all, all over the world. So he, what he did was compare uh, places that have a much lower rate of cancer. And what is it they're doing that we're not doing in America? And I was able to learn so much. I was given hope to know that, hey, I can heal my body naturally. Now, that doesn't mean... I'm not going to mess around. And once it's there, I'm going to get that sucker out if I can, you know, and that's kind of the, you know, it's like, I'm not just going to leave it in there to, to play around. I'm going to get it out if I can, yeah. but then what can I do to heal my body and stay well? That's a big deal, you know? So then you're, you're not just 
keeping cancer away, you're feeling better, you're living healthier, a healthier life. And so he was my best. He has modules that you can watch. And I watched a lot of those. I read his book. Um, and it was, it just empowered me to, to hit this thing head on. Is there okay. any other books you would re you would recommend or any other podcast you think for your ongoing journey of health? Um, that was, that was really the main one beyond that. It was clinics that I attended and doctors that I was able to sit with and learn from. My naturopath doctor, Abundant Life Wellness Center in Dallas, Texas, is wonderful. The um, Katsani's Institute's in Grapevine, Texas. That's where I did my integrative treatments with high-dose vitamin C, high-dose curcumin, uh, all via IVs, um, ozone therapy, um, and they were able to get my supplementation in order Um so I went into healthy, I mean, I went into surgery really healthy, probably, probably the healthiest I've ever been, which is a big deal when you're going to a 10 hour surgery. So, um, those clinics beyond reading that book and watching those modules and having Stephanie in my back pocket, um, I was able to, um, learn from some of the integrative doctors out there. Well, Jill, it's been uh, so delightful to have you on the show today. So how can people get in touch with you, Jill? Uh, they can find us um, on Facebook. There's a Rocasa Organics VIP and a Rocasa Organics main page. The VIP page is actually where all of the community um, just kind of shares ideas is we constantly are educating our customers in there. So I would highly recommend that. We're also on um, Instagram at Rocasa Organics. Um, we're on Pinterest. I think it's just Rocasa Organics. Don't get me lying. Um, <laughs> Pinterest, TikTok. I think that's everything. They can always okay. email in. I have a, I have a team, a customer service team that is super knowledgeable. I always say they know more than me. <laughs> And they, uh, you can reach them with any questions, info at rocasaorganics.com. Um, and they are always happy to help. Well, it's been a delight to have you. And I just thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us. And, and I've learned some things. Uh, it's the enactment of those things that's always the struggle, I think. I know Stephanie well, and she does a great job. So... I just thank you for your time today. Yes, thank you for having me.